Welcome to the DGR Podcast. I'm your host, David Gray. Hey guys, David here. Welcome back to the DGR Podcast. This is episode number 92. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I'm going to do a solo podcast today. Just me. I am sitting in my kitchen and it is 7 p.m. in the evening. We don't have a uh, gym space or a clinic or an office anymore. Um, my dad has gone sale agreed on his house and he is moving out very, very soon. And we, our clinic and our gym was in the, out, out like his back. So actually a little kind of mini, mini origin story, villain origin story. Uh, I started my first clinic in my brother's gymnastics gym. Uh, I was there for a little while. From there, I moved into my dad's house where he had a little office, a uh, very, very, very small room. From there, I moved out to his garage where uh, we were able to take over a little bit of his garage and put in a rack and stuff like that in there. And from there, we moved to he had four stables and half of his garage we took. So uh, and we converted that. We got we got all the walls knocked there was no horses in there for years and years and years so uh we've had a cool progression over the last probably five or so years i don't know how many years and um yeah that's come to a to an end now because he sold his house and obviously we've got kicked out of there along the way we had been paying rent there so it's not a it's not a it's not an issue that way we've got a really nice unit we just leased a new unit and um the rent is not that much more expensive than we were paying to dad anyway but it's just kind of a it's a little bit awkward with the move uh the unit is much bigger uh but there's a good bit of work to be done there and yeah so that's me that's led to me being in uh my kitchen for now because we're going to be getting hopefully the gym kitted out we need to get a couple of offices built in there we need to get a little bit of like heating in so there's a few bits and pieces to be done. So that's why I'm I'm um, doing my solo podcast from here. Uh, actually, the reason I'm doing it at seven o'clock at night is I've been putting off doing this podcast for about 10 days now. Um, Roxy's lying over on the couch there. The fire is lighting. Kira went off swimming and I was supposed to go to the shop today to uh, or, or now to get something for dinner for us. And when she comes back, she's going to kill me. But I've been putting off the podcast for 10 days now and uh, for whatever reason we got back from from teaching a workshop and I just just kept putting it off didn't really feel like doing it and um, th- because the computer we have a very small house that we live in and because my computer is there and the couch is there I've been like relaxing but also looking at the computer and the podcast equipment for 10 days now so I got up and I was like I'm going to the shop and then I was like, no, fuck it. I'll just record a quick podcast just to literally like tick a box. Hopefully, yeah, it's not going to be anything amazing, but hopefully it'll be OK. Uh, I'll tick a box and I'll, I'll get myself going again with this. So I have some very simple. Um, I have some little questions that I'll answer and they're just easy questions that I got asked. We put up a Q&A, I think, yesterday on Instagram and I always get like questions, these type of questions. And um, I'll answer some of those. So kind of about social media and um content and 
getting more clients and those type of questions. Uh, quick update. We, since I think I did a solo podcast last or since I updated you, we had a New York, uh, uh, workshop in New York. We had a workshop in Washington, DC. We had a workshop in Verona. So, uh, New York one was with reload, uh, the Washington one was with Advanced Kinetics, and then the Verona one was with Magnitudo Training. So thank you to all those hosts, um, and I really mean this. They put on an amazing show for us, and it does make our lives so much easier to have great hosts that can just be there to be have, firstly just have a nice venue secondly just being nice people and thirdly just making sure everything is organized for us it makes a big deal it makes a big difference to us a huge difference actually to us so thank you very much thank you very much to everyone who came to the workshops i think there was like i think each venue could hold a lot of uh, a decent amount of people so they were all sold out um that was the last of our 12 workshops for this year um the italy one was so i think there was 40 people at each and um yeah when i first started we started teaching with 20 people every workshop we've ever taught has sold out so we started started teaching with 20 people and i was worried that like okay is this the max that we could do uh to keep the quality and then we went up to like 25 and 30 35 and 40 and actually every jump that we made i think 40 is the sweet spot every jump that we made i actually felt it made it better and better and better uh rather than the opposite and i was worried about the opposite and kira was super worried about it that like upping the numbers but it actually seems like there's a much better energy in the room with 40 people uh, or somewhere between 30 to 40 people there's a really really good energy in the room and a huge part of the workshops are obviously getting to network with other people. Maybe you come to a workshop, you don't learn anything from me, but you meet one person that makes a huge difference to your career. This goes for any workshop or, or just your life. You make a friend. And um, yeah, I think with loads of people like that in the room where it's still in- intimate, it's still not like, I don't know, I, I remember seeing some FRC workshops before and there could have been like 100 people there. I think that's a bit much. We try and make sure we get time to get around to everyone. We're talking to everyone. Any, I, I make myself fully available. That's why I do end up smoked after my workshops, but I'm fully available to anyone who wants to chat uh, from an hour before the workshop lunchtime an hour after the workshop and so on so um so yeah that was that was great uh the italy trip was actually like a beautiful way to round off the year to be honest we went to venice for a few days first and that was really nice and um it didn't it wasn't it was at the right time of year when, when did we go october end of october or start of november uh it was at the right time of year that we could it wasn't super busy it wasn't very hot uh, it was a little bit wet one of the days, or quite wet one of the days, but we had a, a great time and like, what a what a beautiful city to visit. And then we went to Verona, and I fell in love with Verona. To be honest, I would live there. I've been for the last eighteen months. I've been like trying to convince Kira to move anywhere with me uh, that isn't Ireland, and. Um, she has been holding out and not holding out. She has blatantly said no. So Verona is now on the list as is like a couple of places in Portugal as well. But I don't think I'm going to win that battle. So, uh, so yeah. And then we flew home from Milan. Milan was a bit meh, to be honest. We only had 24 hours there, but I've never seen so much style and fashion, which I'm not particularly interested in. And that seemed to be a huge part of it. So that was our Italy trip. And yeah, 
a big part of me trying to convince Kira was like she she's gluten free, but over there she can eat the pasta and eat the pizzas because for whatever reason the bread and the whatever they're making with is such good quality that it doesn't make her bloated. And it's not just like I used to I used to give her a hard time because I would say, Oh, you're just saying this, you're blah blah blah. But like literally, if she orders something gluten free and they forget to make it gluten free, she'll have one bite and she'll be bloat so bloated within five minutes she'll she'll say did you make this this was not gluten-free and they'll say oh yeah sorry we forgot blah 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 so like over there she can eat a full pizza no problem uh which is an issue for me because she finishes it all and if i could change one thing about kira it would be to leave me a slice just push it over the table the last slice or the last like bit of steak or something like that but she always finishes it so that that is rather disappointing uh, Black Friday is going on at the moment. You can check out our. This isn't. A, I switched to an ad break. I, by the way, this is me just continuing to talk. Um, so we uh, did a thirty percent off sale for all of our products. So lower body basics, LBB two, um, core basics, and upper body basics, and the foot program, foot, ankle, and Achilles program. Uh, lower body basics phase two. We re-released it for this Black Friday. Um, and I also polished it up a bit. I made it a little bit nicer, included a bit more hinge work in it. Um, uh, so that is, if anyone has done lower body basics, gotten lower body basics and gotten maybe all the other programs and you don't have LBB2, now is your chance. If you don't have the foot program, now is your chance. 30% off and that that's that's you save a lot of money on the foot program actually. So um, so yeah, and then we have the member site, uh, which is 30% off as well. So you save a lot of money there. And like that is literally the best deal that you could get in the industry if you're interested in education for coaches and therapists. Uh, there's over 200 hours of content there. But the Black Friday, yeah, I've been going heavy enough on content on social media at the moment because this is a social media episode. Um, I try and I try to at times where we're pushing a release of a product or a new yeah a new product or something like this or a sale which to be honest we try not to ever not ever we try to be very scarce with how often we we run sales usually it's once a year at black friday we run a good sale and then i might run once one like for my birthday in may uh for like 24 hours i actually don't even think i did that this year so i i'm just I'm just always cautious and careful with discounting things because I think our products are worth the money and worth much more money than we actually charge for them. And I don't want people to think that they're cheap, that we're making them cheaper. But we are making them cheaper for Black Friday, but I don't want people to view them as cheaper or not worth the money or something like this. So, but we run a Black Friday sale and we've had our best month ever so far. And it's only, what date is today? 20th of November. So we still have 10 days. So we're going to absolutely smash our best month ever. Absolutely smash it, um, which is which is great. And it does get, allow me the chance to just take the foot off the pedal a little bit for Christmas time, I think, as well, which which will be nice. I think we're deserved a break. Um we've earned a break hopefully and that would be quite nice even though i probably won't take that much of a break um so yeah that's the that's the black friday sale and oh yeah sorry the content i, I do i do push up ha- relatively hard on content around times like releases and coming up to that so i have done a lot of like 
good, very good posts and will try and continue to do in my in my eyes, they're good posts over the last 10 days and over the next week or so I'll do a lot more hopefully really good posts and that works when we were releasing our foot program I think don't quote me on this now but I think we released our foot program at the end of January um I think we released our foot program at the end of January I'm not sure but for the 30 days running up to the foot program I did like a foot or an ankle or an Achilles post every single day and I absolutely hammered it and I think we made, I think we made over 50 grand in the first few days of releasing that program. So like, yeah, it just, just if you are someone who is releasing programs or if you are someone who's uh, announcing, like I have a couple of spots open for clients, just around that time, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, hammer it, give as much value as you can, because there's a few reasons why I think about it this way. One is like the law of reciprocity, where, yes, I have learned to say that word. If anyone, every time I say that word, I think of my episode, was it maybe episode two or three or four with Kier, where I tried to say that word and I couldn't pronounce it. uh, And now I can. But the law of reciprocity is like, basically, the more value you give, the more some people think, that when you give value on social media, people won't want to pay you because they've already gotten the value from you. It's actually the complete opposite. That's a really amateur way of looking at things. It's actually the complete opposite. It's the more value I give you in this podcast, in whatever, the even if I talk about the same things that are in the programs or in my stuff, or, or you talk about that, the more value you give them, you're way more likely to get someone to buy something from you, not less likely. So the law of reciprocity is a thing. And that does add up over the years. But I also think it's in a, it adds up over a very short period of time, you can condense that. Um, So even if people have been following you for several years, and they're like, nah, this fella's okay, like the content is okay. If you can hammer good content for a week, and do it really, really just amazing, stuff um and give a ton of value really in a condensed period of time and then you release something or then you say i have a couple of spots like that's the time that's the time that people will definitely jump at the chance to work with you or buy your product so that's one reason why i hammer content the other reason is when i i'm about to run a sale or when i'm about to release a program or something like this it, i hammer content so our engagement will be up so that instagram is people are seeing my posts and the more they see your posts, the more they're likely to see your other posts at least that's how i think about it so i hammer that um and i do think that works really well and then the other reason is anytime i promote a product anytime i run any promotion like i tell you go and buy something i am I feel like I'm taking a withdrawal there. So I do try and um, I do try and put up a post every day or I do try and put up something on a story every day, which says like, which is a call to action for you to buy something from me, a program, a member site, um, a workshop, something. I want you to buy, I want not, not you, like someone to buy something from us every day. I want them to have the opportunity to buy and I want them to see a call to action every single day. And um, I do I do think of that as every time I put that up, it is a withdrawal, it is uh, from, from the account. So I'm withdrawing, like uh, me giving free value is building up all this goodwill. Uh, me giving tons and tons and tons and tons of value is like, 
is deposits into an account. Let's just think about you, the person listening, and me, the person talking here. We have an account. We are two people, and we have an account between us, and it's a profit and loss. And every single time that I uh, that you consume a piece of content that's let's hopefully hopefully good content, I view that as I am depositing something into that account. And you are getting, you are seeing that. That's a deposit on your end. But as soon as I ask you to buy something, that's a withdrawal. I'm, I'm, I'm withdrawing something from that account, and you are viewing that as a withdrawal. Even if you don't buy it, you are viewing that as a withdrawal. I know I mentioned this might seem a bit contrary to the law of reciprocity, but it's it's really not because the law of reciprocity says like. Uh, it's kind of an equal value type of thing. You, you've given me all this stuff. I feel like I need to give you this. So I'm giving you all this free content. You feel like you need to buy something from me. But I'm giving you all this free content and I'm asking you to buy something. That's almost like evening it out even before you buy something. So when you do buy something, then that definitely does even it out in your mind or the customer's mind. So one reason is law of reciprocity. Second reason is engagement. Um, the more you do good posts around the time you're releasing something or, or opening up slots for clients, the more likely they are to see the post, the sale posts or the promotional post. The third reason is give loads of value before you ask for something. So if I if you ask for, if you give put up a call to action once a week, you don't need to give as much value. Um, but I put up a call to action every single day. And if I put up, if I was putting up call to actions every day, buy something, buy something, buy something, and I wasn't giving posts and with value every single day, then people would get very annoyed at me very quickly and uh, wouldn't really like my stuff anymore. So, um, so yeah. And then I, I do try and be like relatively engaging on stories because store Instagram stories in particular is where people go to buy. Uh, it's just there's less friction. Like if you're on a post, you have to go to the bio, you have to click the link in the bio, you have to go from there. But a story, it's just one click to get there. And it, that might sound not a lot, like it's only an extra two or three clicks. Um to get from a post to buying something than a story to buying something, but two or three clicks in the world of world of social media is probably like an extra, I don't know, 50 to 80% conversion rate. Every extra click you're lo- you're losing, you're losing 50% of your customers, 80% of your potential customers for every ex- extra click, I would say in the world of e-commerce, at least, which is where people buy our programs that that is e-commerce. If it's people that are signing up for your, um, like coaching, you probably won't lose people as fast because it's, you, you don't have to get them through the checkout process as fast because it's not as much of a, it's probably not as much of a, uh, an impulse buy let's say they've probably thought about like if they're signing up for coaching they've thought about it a little bit more i would say but you still want to have as li- as little friction as possible so so yeah that's the story with black friday and it's doing it's doing really well for us so i'm i'm thrilled with that um let's get to answering some of these questions um do you ever worry about repeating yourself on social media um uh, not really y- yes and no i think Firstly, I do try and mix it up on social media. I do try and like if I I would never put up a post about breathing every day for seven days. 
I would put, I'm actually put up that stuff pretty rarely because some people just don't get it and it annoys some people and it annoys me a lot of the content around breathing stuff. So like I try and definitely mix it up. So I do have, I do have my certain topics that I talk about a lot. But I try and mix it up so I'm not talking about each one of those every single day. So firstly, yeah, I try and mix it up. Secondly, um, I'm I'm more than prepared to repeat myself for several years for things that are important. So I do try and mix it up on a day-to-day basis, but I am repeating myself on social media over and over again, and I have been for years, just saying it in different ways, and I'm more than happy to do that. If I think it's if I think something is important, then it's worth repeating, and it's worth repeating because different people will see it, different people will be ready to see it at different times, if that makes sense. Like, you might see something, it might not click, it might not make sense, it might not catch your eye, but then the next time you see it, it will. Um... And yeah, I just say it in different ways. That's the that's the way to do it, I think. Um, and then thirdly, repetition is very persuasive, extremely persuasive. If you say something once, it won't get through. You have to be repetitive. You see me posting a lot of hinging content. It's because it's important. You see everyone else posting hinging content as well, but they're doing shit hinges. So like, I'm... I'm doing it for a reason. It's because one, it works incredibly well, depending on what you're like. If you're, you see all these people are posting, they're posting repetitive content about hip mobility. But if you want to open up flexion and internal rotation, do a kickstand hinge. You can spend three years doing other hip mobility drills. This will work better than all of those. And it will work in three weeks rather than three years. I'm going to keep saying that. If you want a glute hypertrophy, this is how you open up. This is how you hypertrophy a glute. Not just in this, like, don't think of the kickstand hinge just as, as an exercise, but as a teaching tool to teach you to do that. If you want to learn how to get into a positive shin angle and delay knee extension while you get hip extension, you're going to do a, a kickstand hinge and you're going to do all the hinges that I teach how to do it. So they are they're teaching you something so i need to be repetitive with my message and i can say i could say i could have 600 different posts about a kickstand hinge and i'm never going to apologize for being repetitive about that because look at all the people that are posting terrible hinging content where they're saying uh, chest up where they're saying straighten your knees back where they're saying a million other things and all it's doing is just tightening people up not giving them anything good so repetition is very persuasive and if you have something that's valuable to say then i would say keep saying it but just keep saying it in different ways um so i think that's my answer there am i worried about repeating myself not really i do try and mix it up on like a day-to-day basis but overall i'm gonna keep repeating the general concepts because and principles because that's what works in my mind um second question do you have systems or processes to help with posting daily content i keep starting and stopping again um i don't really i'm very off the cuff with my content i really just post what i'm thinking about that day which usually depends on like the a client that i've worked with that day or the previous day a video that i have on my phone something i'm thinking about and i just want to 
I just know when you want to post something, I, I, the more I post, the better our business is so that I post more. It's a, it's a very simple equation. When I post more, we make more money. It's very, very simple. And that's only a short term as in that's only like a simple equation that doesn't get into second order consequences. I, I What I mean is I have an easy way to measure my posting versus sales. I can measure, okay, when I post, we sell. If I don't post today, we don't make as many sales. If I post today, we make more sales. So that's like first order consequence of posting is making more sales. A second order consequence of posting is the more I post, the more brand equity I build, the more we're not just making sales today, but we're actually making sales in the future when people come to workshops and mentorships and stuff like this. Um, They're not buying the mentorship off the back of any one post. They're buying it off the back of a body of work that has been been presented over years, to be honest. So, um, So I don't have a system for daily posting. I just know that I need to post daily or close to daily. And the more I post, the better our business gets. I would say if you said, so do you have system or process to help with posting daily content? I keep stopping and starting. If you keep starting and stopping, same thing. Um, If you keep starting and stopping again, you don't need a system. What you need to understand, you're missing a fundamental understanding of a key concept i said that wrong you're missing understanding of a fundamental concept and it's something called momentum you don't need a system you need to understand momentum if you keep starting and stopping you're never going to build anything and you can look at 50 different systems and buy all these social media master classes and instagram um Uh, scheduling apps and all of this stuff none of that will work because if you just keep starting and stopping a system and then posting schedulers won't help because what you're missing is a fundamental understanding that momentum is what's important so you have to keep posting and then you'll find a system when you keep posting you'll find a system if you're trying to find a system to keep you posting it won't work so keep posting get momentum and that will help you find a system that works for you rather than doing it the other way around okay so momentum is what i think you need to understand and that goes for everything in our business and our lives i think momentum is so important um an object that stays in motion an object in motion stays in motion an object at rest stays at rest understand momentum how hard is it to get up to top speed and when you're at top speed it's not that hard to stay there okay pretty hard uh but not as hard getting to top speed is the hard part so get in motion and stay in motion that's what i would say there um and actually, the perfect example of that is this podcast. I've I've been doing, we're, we're close to 100 episodes. I had done like nearly an episode a week. And then over the last little while, um, I haven't, I haven't, do, I haven't recorded an episode. I think I recorded Stephen's episode, the last one. I think I recorded that uh, before we left. I'm pretty sure I recorded that before Italy. So I haven't recorded a podcast in two or three weeks now, even though there has been one gone up, probably three weeks actually. And recording this podcast now is very difficult for me. Um, Even to just start, there was so much friction involved with starting, which goes back to momentum is, is really important. But then I've mentioned it a million times this year, The War of Art, reading that book. 
uh, and on just re- just understanding one simple concept, which is resistance, understanding resistance, understanding the thing that's stopping you. And the if you can overcome resistance, you will get momentum. That's the system you need. Overcome resistance, get get momentum. So feel free to tattoo one of those two words on your forehead and until before you go and buy another system to help you post with, on social media or another Instagram masterclass or course. Just tattoo momentum or tattoo resistance. Uh, overcome resistance leads to momentum. So I think that's uh, what you need. Hopefully... The answer didn't feel like a, a lecture, even though maybe it was. But maybe I'm talking to myself there. Um, and also, it's, it's nearly half seven at night. Uh, and I usually have two coffees in the morning when I record. Next question. I think my content is good and I'm getting good engagement, but I'm struggling to convert that into leads and customers. Any thoughts or tips? Um I would say this question was actually not in my Q&A. This was from someone else before. So content is good. You're getting good engagement. Um, what's your offer though? What are you, what are you, I don't mean what's your call to action, but what's your offer? What are you actually offering people? You could have great content that's not necessarily um, specific to the thing that you're selling. So that's my number one question. And I only have questions to ask you back here. I don't have answers, but what is your offer? Um, if you're get if you're getting good con- good engagement on your content, one are you actually one, are you making offers? Do, are you making do people know that you sell something? So that's I just spoke a little bit earlier, a few minutes ago, about I have a call to action pretty much every single day. If you wanna see how I rehab and train my clients, buy the foot program. Um so every single day, you'll see that somewhere pretty much or some version of that. So number one, are you actually asking people to buy something from you or to sign up for your product or service? Number two, are, is there undeniable proof that your product is under, undeniably valuable? That's what I would say. So number one, are you making are you making are you making offers to people? Are you putting your offer in front of people? Do they actually know you sell something? You might be surprised. Maybe they do not. Number two, is there undeniable proof that the thing that you're selling, I said something good a second ago, I'm trying to remember. Is there undeniable proof that the thing that you're selling is undeniably valuable? And if there's not, then maybe you're maybe you need to work on getting a lot more testimonials in front of people. Uh, why do they do they trust that they know? Okay, now we now we know that they know that you're they know that you're selling something, and you think it's a good fit for your audience. That's obviously another important one. You think it's a good fit, but do they have undeniable proof that it actually does what it says? That does what you're saying? That it's it's undeniably valuable. And I think with our programs, where does, I think there is undeniable, I know I'm I'm obviously biased, but I'm trying to look from an outsider's point of view. If you're someone who follows our page, if you just kind of look through our page, you'll see different little things that are trying to offer proof and, and build me up as an authority um, uh, that I'm kind of someone that I know what I'm talking about. So like you'll see in my bio, uh something like programs used by 20,000 people worldwide like if you just saw my post or my um my page for the first time and you saw that 
that might be something that catches your eye. And I have that there not to brag. Well, maybe it is a bit of a humble brag, but it's more so to build a bit of trust. And I'm not expecting people to trust me just off the back of that. But one, maybe they think I'm lying, which I'm not, but I can't do much about that. But number two, if hopefully they won't think I'm lying about that statement, but if they don't, I'm almost out. I'm asking them to outsource their trust, and and I'm saying this program or our programs have been used by twenty thousand other people. You have no reason not to trust us because twenty thousand others have trusted us. So I'm offering proof there that that a lot of other people have trusted us that our products are undeniably valuable. Then you'll see, like in our pin posts, you might see me talking about something so i'm offering offering proof that i'm a real person that have a voice and a face and eyes and um, a tone of voice and i'm talking to other people i in some of those pinned posts i have comments from people saying your programs really helped me this all of this stuff builds undeniable proof that your product is under our service is undeniably valuable and uh, that's what I'm trying to do then. Then, And the other ways that that comes true is testimonials on the website. The other way it comes true is you see posts of me actually working with my clients. So again, like if you're someone that's looking online, you're thinking, okay, like he has, he actually has clients that are trusting him to help them. So maybe I should trust him to help me as well as, as well. So uh, that's another way of offering proof. It's not necessarily, I'm not saying any one of these things are undeniable proof, but the combination of them might be. And then also, if you look at my stories, you're going to see every single day, people resharing posts, people resharing themselves doing the programs. And that's another a huge testimonial for people. Even if they're not saying like this program is the thing that changed my life, even if it's just them sharing, doing an exercise, it's still proof that people buy our stuff and use it and trust us enough and like us enough to tag us in it. So those things are super valuable to me as well. So I would say to go back to your question, you're getting good engagement, but you're struggling to convert. Um, what are your thoughts? One, do people know uh, that you're selling something? Two, obviously, is it even before I have one, like, is it even relevant to the content you're posting? I presume it is. Uh, two, so one, is it relevant content to what you're selling? Two, do they know you're selling something? Three, um, uh, what was three? Is, is it undeniable that you offer value? Uh, is it undeniable? And that's a key word there. I think Je- Jeff Bezos used that, like, undeniable value. And then um that was it that was it so those are the ones i think those between what i just said hopefully and what i said about like just building that undeniable proof not undeniable value but undeniable proof that it is undeniable valuable value then uh, between those things you should be you should see your conversions go up a lot um and if not then I'm not sure because it would need to be more of a like a one-to-one conversation because maybe there's just something obvious that's missing, but I'm, all, I'm obviously only able to talk much more broadly. Um, next one, how did you develop your style of content and do you have people or places that you look to for ideas? Um, I, I don't know, do I have a style of content? I actually think you guys listening might know better about the style of content that i have uh like 
uh, yeah, like when you see my content, do you think of that's a David type of post? Um, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Do I have a style? I just, uh, okay. I Yeah, I can't answer that well. I don't know. Do I have a style? How do I, how did you develop your style of content? I just post the, the things that I want to talk about. Maybe that's the answer there. I just post what I want to talk about. I don't, I don't think too much about the consumer of the content. I think, do I think this is valuable? Would I potentially like to learn this information if I didn't already know it? Um, and yeah, do no, I don't even think about that that much. It's it's very simple. It's even much simpler than that. Do I want to post this? <laughs> That's a basically how I decide about posting. Do do I want to post this? Could I be arsed posting this? I know I want to post something. Do I want to post this? That's basically it. Um, so that in terms of my style of content, it's just developed from posting. That's what I would say. Uh, people can get glamorize this answer as much as they want. It's just developed from posting. And do you have people or places in the industry that you look to for ideas? Um, not really. I probably did in the past. Uh, I obviously follow, like broadly follow the trends of like, I'm not putting up wacko posts that I'm, I'm putting up reels and I'm putting up carousels for the most part. So like, yes, I, I broad, I definitely follow the broadly follow the trends. I don't think I don't, not very closely at all. Like some people are obsessed with algorithms and, and all this stuff. I post what's easiest for me to post. Half the time it's me sitting on the toilet or sitting on the couch and doing a voiceover for uh, that a client is doing a few exercises and here's what I think about X, Y, and Z. So, um, so yeah, that's that's very simple in that regard. Um, so I, I do broadly follow the trends, but I'm not following them too closely. And then do I have people that I look to? I can honestly say that I don't have people that I look to for for ideas. I don't, and I've said this before, I don't consume podcasts in the industry. I don't consume posts. I have some friends that I like, that I that I click like, and I engage with some of their content sometimes. Um, and that is a very small group of people. Um, and they might not even be friends. Uh, they might not consider me friends. But people, let's just say people that I like. Um, but I don't, I, I really don't. And I've, I, I think as well with the way our model has developed, I, I've been a bit of a loner industry wise. I've been a bit of a loner. Like I've been working in a, in a stables gym at the back of my dad's house for several years now. I haven't really done any courses or any education for several years now. I haven't learned, like gone and learned from people. And that has been incredibly valuable for me to just be on my own. Uh, and now there's, de- don't get me wrong, there's definitely pros and cons to this. There's large cons as well, very large cons. But it has been very, very valuable for me to just be on my own, to shut myself off, to not listen to what other people are saying and just see what I see for the most part. See what I see, see what I think, see what is happening with my clients and not not be convinced by other people that like this is what it should be or blah, 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 blah. So I I really don't get influenced by other people's content in the industry. I do I do go on TikTok and I look around on TikTok because I just find it funny. I find some of the videos hilarious and sometimes I pick up ideas there. But like you shouldn't be looking to me as some person i'm not saying you are by the way but you shouldn't be looking to me as like someone who's 
trailblazing his way through the content game my content is incredibly basic it's just like again me putting up a video of a client something i was thinking about that day and talking over it it might be hopefully it's incredibly valuable some people will think it is some people will think it isn't but it's not fancy it's not like it's not doing anything that anyone else isn't doing um so yeah i just don't really consume content in from industry people if there's a research study or something that i'm interested in like i might i might have a quick read through that and stuff like that like that's i don't i don't consider that yeah that's not content that's not content but i don't know i learned a lesson a long time ago when i first so our gaelic football and hurling team when i first started playing uh senior football with them when i was 18 i think um I was pretty unfit and our team was known at the time at least as being the fittest team in the county and full of absolute dogs like they were all farmers they were all absolute dogs they would run you into the ground they would if you fell down if you were doing if you were doing laps or runs or whatever and you fell down like they would trample over you and tell you to get up so like dogs and I mean that in the highest form of compliment that I could ever pay I mean dogs in the highest form of compliment it is the highest compliment you could ever pay someone to be an absolute dog and um and yeah I I, when I, I was incredibly unfit uh not incredibly unfit sorry for that level i was unfit i was still a fit enough young fella but i wasn't fit enough for that and we used to do long runs and fast runs and all this stuff and i i I realized that i learned from one of our goalkeepers who wasn't very fit at all and i learned from him he always started the runs up front up the front of the run and i always thought like oh if i go up the front of the run i'm going to be bollocks sooner i'm going to be absolutely wrecked even sooner so i'll try and stay in the middle and guess what i ended up like i ended up starting in the middle and then by the end of the run or by the middle of the run i'd be at the back so i'd have slipped back and i learned from him that he he always went up the front for every run every single run and he tried to be the pacemaker for as long as he could and eventually yeah he would he would get uh, overtaken but he always started up the front and he never looked back ever 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 looked back and i think about that in this industry i tried to get myself to the front of the industry as quickly as possible not with any fancy tactics or anything like that i've spoken several times about how i don't think it's that hard to get ahead in this industry you're not you're not competing with um giants in this industry you're really not you're competing with just uh, it doesn't matter you're just not competing with giants in this industry let's put it that way and i thought okay i didn't think about this this wasn't planned out but like i just saw opportunities to get yourself to the front of the industry and to the top of the industry and again if you whether you want to think about me being there or not that's fine maybe you think i'm absolutely shit and i'm nowhere near that there i'm not saying i'm at the top but i'm i'm i know i'm some of the way there and i always thought about just get yourself to the front and don't look back and that's I learned that lesson from doing those runs. Try and get yourself to the front of the run. Uh, actually, not try. Start at the front and don't look back. And it's actually much easier than starting at the middle and looking back or at the back. So get yourself to the front and don't look back. And that's what I think about my content. Don't look back because sometimes I do listen to a podcast and there's so much negativity and there's so much people shitting on other people and when i look at what the people are saying they're shit as well so 
I just can't. I just can't listen to another p- podcast or another post that's not saying anything new and that's just negative. It's just negative for the most part. So I, I just tried to get myself to the front. <laughs> Whether I'm there or not, I don't know. It's up to It doesn't matter how you can't measure it, but I tried to get myself to the front and I try not to look back. So I don't look at content um, for the most part. Um, whether that's your... Whether I offer you, I'm not even going to offer advice. You ask, do I have people or places that I look to for ideas? I look in the world of business and entrepreneurship. I look on TikTok at like funny videos. And I also just think about what I want to post. And that's me. Get to the front. Don't look back. Get to the front. Don't look back. Uh, And try and stay there as long as you can. Uh, Okay, next one. How important do you think it is to have a big follower count? Has sales increased as your follower count has gone up? Uh, Yes, sales has increased as our follower count has gone up. Whether it's directly correlated, it actually does seem to be pretty much very closely correlated. I think it's because that, yeah, it does seem to be strongly correlated, actually. Um, And I think it's because, like, I think you could put a graph of our follower count and our sales beside each other or over each other, and they would look very similar in terms of uh, they're both up and to the right, but they've increased at similar rates, I would say. So um, whether it's whether it's but we've also in, got better at other things in our business along the way so it's not just like uh okay more followers equals more sales over the years we've done a lot of other things that should hopefully have increased those sales as well um so yes it, more followers has increased our sales but i can say that that is the only thing but it is a thing it is a factor and then the first part how important do you think it is to have a big follower account big is relative like i probably don't other other accounts would say you don't i don't have a big follower account at all i think it's i think a better question is instead of saying like do you have a lot of followers or would you like to have a lot of followers i think of it this way would your followers miss you if you were gone because a lot of people have big follower accounts and i bet you not i bet you because again i can't bet but i do think that if their account was gone in the morning, people wouldn't miss them. I really do. And I see people posting reels, like they're 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 kind of catchy reels and they're designed to go kind of viral and get comments and stuff like this, and they end up with hundreds of thousands of followers or a million followers. And really, really, let's be honest, if their account was gone tomorrow, who would notice? Who would ask any questions? And they might, they genuinely might might be making sales and making money off having the big follower account because, um, because like they can, yeah, there's call to actions, there's way to get, there's impulse buys and all of that stuff. But I think we can tick those boxes where there's call to actions on a post that does well. But I hope I would like to think that if our account was gone tomorrow, touch wood, hopefully I have wood somewhere. I don't want it to be. But if our account was gone, hopefully thousands and thousands of thousands of people within a few days will be like, oh, where's David gone? It actually happened to Jake Tura. Let me just take a drink. His account got taken down earlier this year and it was gone for a while and after about three weeks i'd say well i don't know how how long but after a few weeks i think i noticed that i hadn't seen anything from jake in a while and i'm not someone that consumes much content i do i do like some of jake's posts actually i do really like jake's posts but um and i emailed him uh and when he came back he said i think i think loads of people actually someone else messaged me asking 
um someone else even dm me asking did i know where jake was gone so like he people definitely noticed when his account was gone um so i want to be someone that it's not about how many followers you have i think going up in followers does count but ask yourself a question would people notice or care if your account was gone even if they throw you a like that doesn't mean they'd care even if they throw you a comment and every now and again that doesn't mean they care but i like to think i like to think again i don't know for sure i like to think that a lot of people would care if our account was gone because hopefully the content is very valuable and it's not something that they're getting uh, in too many other places or in any other places so better question than how important do you think it is a big follower account is like would your followers miss you if your account was deleted um okay last question how do you decide what systems to follow or not uh this is more this is not a social media question in the industry um i don't follow any systems i think not i think i know i don't follow any systems uh so how do you decide what system to follow I don't think this is the greatest question of all time. Um, I think this is a question from someone who maybe has a couple of years to go before you realize that systems aren't the answer. You can learn from systems. Maybe that would be a better uh, way to put it. What way did you put it? How did you do so? How do you decide what system to follow or not? Uh, maybe to learn from might be a better way of putting that question, because you could learn from any system. Uh, just depends what catches your eye. Does it sound like they are speaking about something that you'd like to learn from? Then go and learn from them. But instead of thinking about following systems, think of systems like a menu, like FRC, PRI. Um, uh, dns uh you could probably name like a million fms all these systems don't think of them as i have to follow them think of them like a menu if you went into a restaurant would you do you follow a menu no do you presume that just because you got a good meal or a good something let's say you get a good starter on the menu do you presume that every single other thing on that menu is going to be good as good as that no it might make you feel like okay it's it's actually promising this was good maybe other stuff was good but we all know restaurants every restaurant in the world where you get a good starter a shit main and an okay dessert or some kind of whatever so you would never place all your trust in a menu you would never say like okay one thing is good so everything is going to be good so i think you need to view systems like a menu not something you need to follow more like you pick and choose what suits you this tastes good i'm going to get that again i'm going to use that thing again this this doesn't taste good i'm not going to get that again i don't like the look of this one i'm not going to get that so follow system don't don't follow systems uh look at them like a menu that you can pick and choose what suits you best and how do you know what to pick and choose that's a bigger question because that does come down to your overall lens of understanding the fundamental principles of how human beings think act and move and adapt and i can't help you with that in this podcast Hopefully I have helped you in other podcasts with that, but don't follow systems. Use them like a menu. And that is the end of my podcast for today. If anyone is still listening, uh, thank you. And um, I apologize, but uh, hopefully it was somewhat valuable. 
and I just needed to break the back on this podcast and get back uh, recording again. So because next one will be much easier for me. Uh, Don't forget to check out the Black Friday sale. We have Lower Body Basics 1, Lower Body Basics 2, Upper Body Basics, Core Basics. Those are and the Foot, Ankle and Achilles program. Those will show you exactly how I train and rehab my clients. They will show you, you'll see all the videos, you will see all the cues, you will see all the progressions, the sets and reps that I use. You will see a little bit of theory, maybe not, not a ton, but like, kind of it they're kind of self-explanatory when you start to see them i had a message from someone yesterday saying they bought the foot ankle and achilles program a coach and they went through it themselves and then they used it they used it it like the the, let's say phase one or the first few exercises with I, i i actually don't know they just said they didn't provide more concept context but they used it with their next three foot and ankle or whatever like foot ankle whatever clients that came in all three massively bought into their methods and now they've sent them more clients as a result so like think about your education as if you can if you imagine buying a program for 50 quid and you learn a few things from it and with it's one of those things you get a result with one client that maybe you wouldn't have got it otherwise. And instead of that client leaving you after one session, they stay for five sessions and they actually complete their rehab and actually get the result that they wanted. I got rid of my knee pain and I got back running. You just, you just obviously made your money back. And now that one client is a testimonial. They send you three more clients, which sends you three more clients and you keep using that stuff. So like, not just with our programs. Do not skimp on your education. Do not think I need to learn. Like if does if this doesn't have every if every single thing in this program or this system, like I said before, if every single thing isn't perfect, it's not worthwhile. No, maybe you take one thing that transforms your business, and that is not an understatement. If you t- if you work with foot, ankle, Achilles, calf, shin clients, and you do our foot, ankle, and Achilles program, and you actually learn it. You will transform how you practice. I guarantee it will change for the better. You will get better results. You will make more money because you will get more clients. So check out our programs, 30% off. They won't ever be 30% off again until next Black Friday. I was about to lie to you there, but I'm not. Uh, They probably will be next year, 12 months time. Um, And then the other one is DJR Interactive. That's 30% off as well. It uh, It starts off with our... Uh, biomechanics 101 course which has 13 short educational videos that i think every single coach and therapist should know so there's 13 uh, biomechanics 101 videos that gets you started in the in the membership site and then from there it's like a netflix style subscription for coaches and therapists where all the videos are like 10 to 15 minutes long you'll see the recently uploaded videos so that's constantly updating and there's always like four or five videos in there for you to snack on and then all the other things are broken into sections like hip and pelvis foot and ankle guest presentations from all the lots of the great people that have been on this podcast um Practical classes, hinge section, squat section, uh, shoulders, ribs, breathing, neck, all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, loads of good stuff in Black Friday. Now is the chance to get a hold of it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, my fire is about to go out and Kira is going to kill me uh, for not having dinner ready. And I might even go for a little bit of a run because my, I don't know, my head is melted after this. So hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you next time.